Let me just see, about 30 of you, 40 of you, you are in for a treat. Everybody that's already heard Justin minister, turn around and tell them, say, you're, get ready. You're in for a treat. Get ready. <laughs> All right, let's put our hands together for Pastor Justin Boyles. Amen. 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 Can we, just, can we just start off? Let's just pray real quick. Everybody, let's just close our eyes. Come on. We, I, I, all, I guess like for the past week, I've been praying this prayer, and I just want to pray it over each and every one of us, that it wouldn't be about the music, it wouldn't be about the worship team, it wouldn't be about the speaker, but we would just be like the donkey Jesus rode in on, right? And that Jesus would truly come in and meet us here tonight. So Jesus, we thank you. If you could just lift your hands just while you're sitting right where you're at. Jesus, we love you. We give you glory, we give you praise, God. And we ask that you would move in a mighty way in Jesus' name. We ask that you would heal broken hearts, that you would draw people to yourself. And God, we pray for your anointing and your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Amen, I just wanna start off real quick. I just wanna thank Rock of Grace's team and United Worship, even though I'm a big part of United Worship, but just thank you guys for the opportunity. You know, so many, I, I, you know, every time we come into a night like this, I, I gotta say, I'm, we talked about the joy of our salvation, right, earlier, I think Jordan mentioned it, and we talk about the joy of our salvation, and on nights like this, where I get the opportunity to stand here and speak to you, and I look out and I see people like Pastor David and Pastor Mark and Pastor Jordan, I'll tell you, sometimes I go, what am I doing, God? Right? I go, why am I the one up here? I'm like, these are amazing men of God. And you might say, well, well, well that sounds really insecure. Well, let me tell you something. I was... I started doing drugs when I was 13 years old. When I was 13 years old, I started doing drugs and I got bound. I got bound really fast. I grew up in an alcoholic home and I'm telling you, I was, I was bound at such a young age and I was just going through life just empty and alone and it was just bondage and I got to 18 years old and I got addicted to heroin at 18 years old. 18 years old, I was hooked on heroin and I was hooked on heroin for two years. And I'll tell you, a week before I gave my life to Jesus, I was standing in an abandoned house with some guy I didn't know holding a gun to my forehead, asking me why he shouldn't kill me. And I remember I looked at that man and I said, I don't know. I don't know. I can't give you a good answer. You see, because my life was bound. I had nothing. And I felt every moment of every day that the enemy was just knocking on the door, that death was knocking on my door. And I, I just fully anticipated I'm probably going to die young and I'm probably never going to get out of this. You guys remember that song, I think it was Guns N' Roses, knocking on heaven's door, right? I was knocking on death's door, but I wasn't going to heaven. And that was the reality, I wasn't, I wasn't destined for heaven. I didn't know Jesus. I didn't grow up in a church home. But praise be to God. Because at the same time, death was knocking on my door. There was another knock on the door. And it was Jesus. In Revelation, it says this. It says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anybody lets me in, I will come in and dine with him. 
And I'm telling you, that is my testimony. Jesus knocked on the door, and I said, yes, come in. And he saved me, and he rescued me, and I am so grateful. And when I stand up places like this, I just have to say to myself, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for everything you've done. Let me tell you tonight, that can be your testimony. Your testimony could be like mine. You might say, Justin, I'm not a heroin addict. I'm not a drug addict. I don't have it that bad. Let me tell you, Jesus is the way. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And nobody comes to the Father except through him. You know, I struggled all through life. I was bound. I was bound. And you might say, my bondage isn't the same as yours. But let me tell you, until we come to Jesus, we're all bound. We're all bound. We're all lost. Each and every one of us. You know, and I went through life, and I always felt, I always felt like, like I was striving, right? You ever feel like that? Number one, I felt like I was alone, right? I was just coasting through life, and I thought, man, there's people all around me, but I'm so alone. How many of you guys can relate to that? Everybody in the room should raise your hand, because I think you're lying. <laughs> just kidding. But all of us know what I'm talking about. You just feel like I'm, I'm alone. I'm alone, and, and let me tell you this. I didn't want to be a drug addict. I tried and tried and tried to get clean on my own, in my own strength, in my own power. But you know what I realized? I realized I needed a power greater than myself. Right? I needed Jesus. Let me tell you, Jesus is that power. He is the only power that's greater. And he will come and he will break chains. And this is what I realized now that I'm a born again believer and I get the opportunities to stand up and teach people and preach to people is this is what I understand. He already won for me. <laughs> as, as I was always looking for a victory but I had to realize that the victory had already been won. All I had to do was put faith in Jesus and receive the grace that I needed. And in that moment, I'm telling you, I came into a meeting like this, not quite like this, but I thought they were crazy. I was like, man, these people are out of their mind. And, you know, I started to walk out. And some guy stopped me, and he said, hey, dude. And I was like, what a weirdo. <laughs> and he said, can I pray for you? And I'll tell you, I experienced the power of God in that prayer. And it humbled me. And I sat back down in the seat and I gave my life to Jesus. <clears throat> you know, I remember, I remember thinking to myself, I don't even know if I believe in God. But what I experienced was undeniable. And I want to tell you, God has that for each person here tonight. He wants to do it. He wants to. And one of the things I had to realize was the victory had already been won. The victory had already been won for me. And let me tell you, whatever you're battling right now, whatever you're going through right now, whatever bondage, whatever the enemy's trying to bring against you, 
It might not be drugs. It might be a spirit of fear. Let me tell you, it's not from God. And he has freedom for you. In Jesus' name. He has freedom. I want to read a passage to you guys. This passage has just messed me up so many times. Last time I tried to preach on it, I just cried, and it was... <laughs> I hope that doesn't happen tonight. <laughs> Colossians 2, I'm going to read from the Passion, because I love the way it's worded in here. We're going to go to Colossians chapter 2, verse 12. It says this, For we've been buried with him into his death... Our baptism into death also means we were raised with him when we believed in God's resurrection power. The power that raised him from death's realm. This realm of death describes our former state. For we were held in sin's grasp, but now we've been resurrected out of that realm of death, never to return. For we are forever alive and forever and forgiven of all our sins. Come on, doesn't it feel good to be clean? Doesn't it feel good to be forgiven? I'll tell you, sometimes I just have to remember I'm clean. And it's not because of what I've done, it's because of what he already did. Goes on to say this, he canceled out every legal violation we had on our record. And our old arrest warrant that stood to indict us, he erased it all. Come on, that is good. Our sins, our stained soul. How many of you guys have felt that before? My soul stained, dirty, disgusting. He deleted it all. And they cannot be retrieved. Everything we once were in Adam has been placed onto his cross and nailed permanently there as a public display of cancellation. That is good, isn't it? We're not done yet, but that's, that's good. That's good. You know, he's saying this. He, say, he says, not only did I forgive you, I nailed it to the cross as a public display that it's done. It is done. It is finished. <laughs> you know, I, I, I love the reality of this. I get to, uh, to live in an it is finished theology. <laughs> that Jesus has already won, and therefore I don't have to strive because I, I, I receive him, what he's already done. Amen? Goes on and says this. Then Jesus made a public spectacle of all the powers and principalities of darkness, stripping away from them every weapon and all their spiritual authority and power to accuse us. Let me tell you, when you're in Jesus, the enemy has no power to accuse you anymore. <laughs> it doesn't mean you're perfect, but it means you're washed in holy blood. It means that he paid the price that you couldn't pay. And by the power of the cross, Jesus led them around as prisoners in, in a procession of triumph. He was not their prisoner. They were his. Man, that messes me up every time. Every time. You know, the enemy, when he looked at Jesus going to the cross, he thought, I won. I have him. But little did he know. <laughs> little did he know he was not their prisoner. They were his. 
that they played right into God's hand. And he died on that cross for each and every one of us. It's amazing. It's a beautiful gospel, isn't it? Let me tell you, Jesus loves you. And it's simple. It's really simple. All we have to do is put our faith in Jesus. Amen. This is one thing I realized about my life, though. I told you guys earlier, and all of you, most of you said you can relate. Is I went through my entire life feeling like I was alone, right? Feeling like I was just wandering through life. All alone, you know. You ever, feel, you ever been around a group of people, but you feel alone? You're around all these people, and you just feel alone. And now as I've matured in my relationship with Jesus, this is what I've understood. I was wandering around as an orphan without a home. I didn't have a home. I didn't have anywhere to belong. I had a physical home. But I didn't belong anywhere. I I didn't feel accepted. You know, when Jesus dies on the cross he has this one statement in uh, Matthew chapter 27 verse 46 where he says my God my God why have you forsaken me you guys remember that you know that's the only place in the gospel Jesus does not refer to God as father the only time in Jesus's life that he didn't refer to him as father Because it was the one place where Jesus experienced separation. As he was taking on our sin, as he was taking on our our punishment, if you will. He was experiencing the separation that each and every one of us experience outside of God. That we experience in this life of sin and bondage. He was experiencing that. And he said, my God, my God, where are you? I feel like there's some people in here tonight, you feel that. God, where are you? Where are you? I need you. Let me tell you this. Jesus experienced separation in that moment so you could experience sonship. He experienced that separation, and he felt the weight of that separation so you and I could experience sonship in him. So I no longer have to to look and say, why have you forsaken me? God, where are you? I'm right here. You know, in that orphan mentality, I felt no worth, right? No self-worth. No, like I was nothing. I think there's some people in here tonight that would probably say I feel that way. Let me tell you, Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. He experienced that separation in that moment so you and I could be children of God. I don't know about you, but that's enough. (laughs) That's enough for me. That I've been adopted into the family of God by his blood, by his sacrifice. And I no longer have to wander around as an orphan because I found a place I belong. 
I no longer have to wander around with this orphan mentality saying, where am I going in life? Where am I going? What am I doing? Let me tell you, it's no way to live. Jesus, it says that Jesus came that we might have life and life more abundantly. You can be a son and a daughter of God tonight. That's good news. That is good news. This, that is the good news of the gospel. You know that. That Jesus took on the sins of the world, and he is the one who already won the victory. <laughs> you, you know, it, this is what I love about the gospel. It's simple. Jesus says, you know what? You put your faith in me, and you receive grace. You receive victory. You receive sonship. Not because you did anything, but because he already did it. <laughs> it's amazing. This is what I love. This is, you know, even when we were down there worshiping, I'm like, come on, Jesus, this is too good. <laughs> this is too good. I'll tell you, I, I look at my life now. And if you told me 13 years ago that this is where I'd be standing on this night, I'd tell you you were nuts. I'd be like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? What are you on? Let me tell you, you belong in the family of God. I never thought I'd belong in the family of God. But you know what I do? And it's amazing. I could stand here and say, I'm a son. I'm a son. I'm loved by a good father. Some of you are going to experience that tonight. You're going to experience that maybe even for the first time. It's amazing. You know, I felt like all throughout my life, I felt like the woman at the well. You guys remember this story? Not that I, you know... Not that I'm a woman or anything, but like I identified with her, with, uh, <laughs> I identified with her circumstance and situation. And the reason I identified with it was because, you know, Jesus meets her in a place where she's alone. She's at the well at a certain hour of the day where people did not draw water. And she's there by herself. Why? Because she had shame, she had guilt, she had condemnation. And let me tell you, there, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Oh, man, to be, be free from the shame. Come on, some of you need, I feel some of you need that tonight. I need to be free from shame. Jesus is the answer. And the woman at the well stand, you know, drawing water and Jesus comes up to her. And he has this dialogue with her, Right? And he asks for water and all these different things. And, and, then, and then they have some conversation. And he says, go get your husband. And she's like, I don't have a husband. And he's like, you've answered correctly. You've actually had five husbands. And the man you're living with isn't even your husband. Oof, imagine getting that word of knowledge. <laughs> 
you ever get those from Jesus? He just kind of like, you know, hits you. And, uh, but, but, but they have this dialogue, but there's a, a spot that I identify with so well. He says, if you drink the water I give you, you'll never thirst again. But if you continue to drink from this well, you will thirst. And we have to understand, Jesus wasn't talking about the well she was drawing water from. He was talking about the well she's trying to draw water from in her life. She had, this, as she had some sort of emptiness inside of her like all of us have. That we, we have this thirst inside of us. Each and every one of us have a thirst in our soul. And we try to fill it. And let me tell you, every time I tried to fill it, I always came back thirsty again. But when I came to Jesus, I experienced something that, that quenched the thirst of my soul forever. And I said, thank the Lord, I'm no longer thirsty. He's good. He's really good. If you guys have a Bible, I want to read a passage of scripture to you guys. Turn to Genesis chapter 32. We're going to go to verse 24. It says this, Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out, out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be Jacob, but Israel. For you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked, asked saying, tell me your name, I pray. And he said, why is it that you ask about my name? And he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place uh, Peniel, for I have seen God face to face and my life is preserved. Just as he crossed, crossed over Peniel, the sun rose on him and he limped on his hip. Therefore, to this day, the children of Israel do not eat the muscle that shrank, which is on the hip, hip socket, because he touched the socket of Jacob's hip in the muscle that shrank. And you might say, Justin, what does that have to do with what you're talking about? Let me tell you, this was Jacob's encounter with God that transformed his life forever. I had that encounter that changed my life forever. And I want to tell you, some of you, are going to have that encounter tonight. Some of you are going to have that encounter tonight where you say, God, bless me. Jacob walked away from this encounter with a new name, right? A new walk and a blessing from God. Let me tell you, when you encounter Jesus, you'll walk away like that too. You can't experience the presence of a mighty God and, and walk away the same. I, be, I believe God has a similar encounter waiting for each and every person in this room. Each person here tonight. You can walk out of here with a new identity. 
You know, Jacob's name means deceiver or liar. And he lived up to his name. Remember, he stole his brother's birthright and all this different stuff. Jacob, Jacob lived up to his name. But when he encountered the presence of God, when he encountered the Lord there, he got a new name. He was no longer liar and deceiver. He became Israel. He became a prince. How amazing. Come on, I don't know about you, but when I experienced Jesus for the first time, my whole identity changed. My whole life changed. I look back on, on, on it today and I go, wow, I feel like I've lived two lives. You don't have to be defined by your past. You can walk in newness of life because of Jesus. <laughs> you don't have to be defined by your past. Everybody hear me? You don't have to be defined by your past. He can give you a new name. He can give you a new identity. You no longer have to be identified by what you've done, but who you are. <laughs> Come on, that's, that's amazing that we are no longer identified by what we've done, but who we are in him. And that is, that is man, it is so good, so good. Let me tell you this, you'll have a new walk. Jesus walked, uh, I'm sorry, Jacob walked away with a limp. You're like, I don't want to walk with a limp. But his, his whole walk changed from this one encounter. Let me tell you, I think, I think Jacob walked away from this encounter with God. And you know what I, I believe the limp represents? He no longer had to strive. He no longer had to strive, but he could rest knowing that he belongs, knowing that he has the blessing of God. You don't have to strive to be someone you're not in the kingdom of God. You know, I, just, I do discipleship and I disciple people all the time. And one of the things I tell them um, in one of the last few weeks, so if you're in my discipleship group, uh, spoiler, um, <laughs> spoiler alert, um, but... You are the most anointed you. <laughs> and for you to be authentic is key. Because if I spend my life trying to be Pastor Mark or Pastor David, I could follow them as they follow Christ. But if I try to do something I'm not called to do, and I try to just be a replica, exact replica of them, them one of us is irrelevant. Because if God needed two Pastor Marks or two Pastor Davids, he would have created them. They would have had a twin, you know, with the same anointing. <laughs> so the reality is, the most anointed you is you being authentic in the kingdom of God. You don't have to, be, you don't have to strive to be someone God didn't create you to be. Let me tell you this. The last thing Jacob walked away with was the blessing of God. How many of you want the blessing of God on your life? If you don't have your hand up, 
you're first at the altar call. <laughs> we need the blessing of God on our lives. I'll tell you, I went through life. I went through life failing at everything I did. Bound by the world, living like an orphan without a home. With no blessing on anything that I ever did until Jesus knocked on my door. Man, it's good. When Jesus knocked on the door and I opened that door, I'll tell you what happened. I experienced victory. I experienced sonship. I had a thirst that was quenched for the first time in my life. I experienced a new identity. There is newness of life in Jesus. The old has passed away. All things have become new. I walk different. I talk different. And I'll tell you, I have the blessing of Jesus on my life. Can we stand together? How many of you want that? Come on. I know I do. I know I do.